0: Inside Speedway is brought to you by P1 Australia and by Speedway Classics Magazine on sale now. From the dirt tracks across Australia, welcome to Inside Speedway with Dennis Newman and Craig Revell. Well, Dennis, another
1: great show coming up this week. I hope the listener is going to enjoy it. We speak with, as promised, Robbie Farr and talk about what's going on in his world as he moves from the East Coast Pipeline Racing Team and, well, tread some water until he can finalise an announcement in his 20, 2021 plans.
2: Yeah, thanks, Craig. Yes, when this news broke uh, last week, um, I hastened to add it was right on virtually the eve of our show. So we we tried to contact him right there and then, and of course, with only such a small time frame. Uh, we, we had made the effort and uh, ultimately by the time that he responded, we'd actually had the show done. But as we promised, we'd get him on the show and we've got him on uh, this, this coming program.
1: Yeah, so we've had a great chat with Robbie. That's coming up later in the show. But first, where there is some racing going on, we go across to the States and the World of Outlaws will be at I-55 in Missouri and uh, it looks like from what we can make out, Dennis, they're going to have a limited number of fans in the grandstands for Friday nights and Saturday nights racing.
2: Well, it appears that way uh, according to – Uh, what um, we are being told on the website, and that's interesting because uh, they um, are keen to try and obviously get uh, the season up and running again, but things are slowly coming back, even though NASCAR at the moment does not have spectators. I guess it really depends, Craig, what particular state of America that these races are being held, be it NASCAR or World of Outlaws or even World of Outlaws late models for that matter because uh, different perimeters obviously apply. Yes, because uh,
1: World of Outlaws late models are running in Minnesota this weekend as well. And there, it's very clear, spectators are not able to uh, make an appearance at the late models. So Minnesota's rules yep. different to um, Missouri's rules. And so there will be people in the stands to see if Logan Stewart can continue his lead at the front of the yep. World of Outlaws table. And, uh, well, he's got one win and four top five mm. finishes. So he's been... Well, that that probably includes that one win because I think they've only had four rounds. So, um, yeah, yeah. So he's got three top yeah. fives on top of uh, on top of the win.
2: Yeah, five hundred and eighty points, ten points clear of Brad Sweet, and. Uh, Um, Darren Pittman in third position. Of course, it's interesting to note, too, that uh, Aussies are uh, figuring prominently at this very early stage of the season, admittedly, Craig, but um, in in the top 10.
1: Yeah, we've got uh, James McFadden in eighth position. He's 84 points back from uh Shewitt. and then Kerry Madsen is 10th 88 points back so not much there and uh you can even go down to uh, 14th place Ian Madsen who's 118 yeah. points back so uh that's great news and just uh just scrolling down because uh, obviously we did have um Brooke Tatnall on the show a few weeks ago and he did re- run at um at Knoxville, he's currently thirty ninth with just that one race appearance.
2: That's right. Yeah, Linton Jeffrey's um, actually talking- just ahead of him
1: too. Uh, I just saw his name pop yes. up on the screen. Thirty uh, seventh.
2: That's correct. Yes, and um, um, you're talking about a return to racing, um, uh, looking. Um, Further afield, uh, in Poland, interesting press release I received from the British Speedway uh, press office uh, today. Um, While Great Britain uh, solo bike racing uh, is not quite yet ready to return, um, in Poland it's uh, totally the opposite, and um, Poland have indicated uh, that uh, they will be running their their league by mid-June. And um, this is probably good news for the uh, Australian Speedway riders and and many of them too, Craig, who are committed to league teams in Poland. So um, still no news from Great Britain at this stage uh, when they will get their season up and running again. But certainly Poland, uh, mid-June, it says here on the press release, and uh, that's got to be good news all around for the sport. Massive sport in Poland, Craig, solo bike racing, and some of their arenas are just superb.
1: Yeah, they are indeed, and uh, it is the national sport of Poland. Speedway, uh, uh, I believe, more popular than uh, soccer. So it does say just how much they do love their speedway but we've got Robbie Farr on the other side of the break here on Inside Speedway well joining us this week on Inside Supercars is Robbie Farr and Robbie a a tough couple of weeks for you probably uh, when you uh, don't have a ride to confirm into the 2021 season
3: Look, early days. Um, obviously, it was a bit of a surprise to the industry and myself. Um, you know, I, we only put a press release out last week, letting everyone know where we're at, and um, and yeah, so I had a lot of support and and stuff, but yeah, just not, um, not going to release anything or make any decisions anytime soon. I think we're gonna head into an extended off season anyway, with all the, the COVID stuff, so. Um, yeah, plenty of time at the moment just to, to sit back and see, what, see what's around. But, um, how are you, Rob? How are you feeling? <laughs> I'm good, Dennis. Yeah, good, mate. Good to, good to talk to you. Um, yeah, look, feeling good, feeling positive. Had a little bit of, little bit of time to digest the news. Um, you know, and, and a little bit of time to digest things gives you a bit of a, a bit of clarity on what you want to do moving forward and what your opportunities are and what, you know, what, what's out there.
2: Yeah. I guess uh, one thing too, Rob, that um you you know, I guess there'll be some offers coming your way, so so I guess this is just a, a, a changing
3: of the guard in, in many aspects. Uh oh, yeah, just you know, it, it's been you know, it's been sport, it's been a very humbling time and and you realise how big uh a sport and bigger family this sport is when when you go through things like that and how many friends you have in the sport. So um you 've been very cool in that respect, and, and um, you're really starting to get excited about you know what the future holds
2: um, Rob w- w- was there any awareness of anything like this uh, impending or, or with, without i don 't know how much you want to discuss but i mean how or, or when did it all
3: start to come about uh, you 'd be looking for another drive uh, yeah look it was, it was a bit of a um, bit of a shock to me, um, you know, just more of, yeah, it's been a little bit quiet, and, um, and I decided to ask the question, you know, next season, obviously in strange times and everything, and that's when it first initially come up, so, um yeah, look, you know, as as I was saying before, look, I'm not one to dwell on how it ended as much as how good opportunities you had over the last 13 years, and, um, what we achieved and how much fun we had. And I think that you know, to have a car owner-driver relationship for 13 years is, is yeah, that's, that's lifelong service in this sport. So it's um, been a really cool, really cool journey. And um, yeah, doors shut, open a new one. What has been the most
1: amazing thing is the outpouring publicly of uh, how many people want to see Robbie Farr continue racing.
3: Yeah, look, i you know, just getting a little bit older. so people don't, you know, some have had fans for a long time, they don't want to see you retire and stuff, which is just, you know, um, very humbling. Um, you know, sponsors, other race teams, competitors, crew guys I've had over the years, you know, just, um, yeah, very cool. You sort of, you probably live in a bubble with, you know, a little bit with in the, within the sport sometimes, just, you know, doing your thing and hanging around your race team and that. And it's, it's moments like these that you realise, um, how big a sport we are and um, how big a family we are.
1: Did you – was it a a progressive conversation or was it dumped on you all of a sudden?
3: Uh, Yeah, I wouldn't say it was a progressive conversation. Um, Yeah, it it was a bit out of the blue for me. So, um, yeah, that's the decision to go in any direction they want. That's that's, their right. Um, It's a privilege to drive a car and and, um, I've always said, you know, with car owners it's, it's their choice to do whatever they feel the right thing with them. Um, you know, so, yeah, I, I'd rather look back on the 13 years only and, and just, yeah, to race for one team for that long is, is, is something in itself. So, you know, nothing forever, um, onwards and upwards, and um, here we go for fun and, and um, keep on racing down the road somewhere just in, a, in different, different colours, different number.
1: It is a incredible amount of time to work for one driver. Um, I don't know too many people... Other than racing for themselves, that have managed to keep a relationship together that long.
3: Yeah, look, and that's that's the positive I look at. Not um, not not when it ended, or how it ended, or how long it should have went for. Or shouldn't have. That's, that's irrelevant to to do that? And um, you know, it's been nearly, I think, probably well, nearly half my half my career with that team um, has been pretty cool. Just to just to have a home and and um, enjoy what you do each weekend. Yeah. You know, Rob, I know you're a
2: You're a glass-half-full man rather than a glass-half-empty man and and always look on the the positive side. I've known you for many, many years and your professionalism is something I've always truly admired and you know that. I don't have to say that in a radio interview. So I guess you just uh, now move on and you had some great years, some great victories, some great achievements and some great opportunities.
3: Yeah, exactly. I've done stuff, you know, with ECP that I never you would have been able to do with other teams and, you know, with a drive school and, 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 you know, teach young guys in the sport. And, and um, you know, I've met a lot of, a lot of new friends out of that side of things, which, you know, without that opportunity, I never would have, ever, you know, it just wouldn't have happened. So that's been a really cool add on extra to just the racing side of things. You know, I've been doing 2 of drive schools for, for the last 10 years and, and just putting getting to put some smiles on, on um, people's, people's faces out of the crowd and stuff that has you know, bought it for their for their uncle for their 50th or 60th birthday. That's just something they've always wanted to do to so go for riding ride in a spring car with me and, and stuff. So that's been so cool. So I'll miss a lot of that stuff because it probably won't be, you know, the next race team will, will just be a hardcore race team that won't have all these yeah. um, offshoots. So, you know, there's some... There's some sadness there with that sort of stuff. You won't get to interact with people the way we did. Um, it, it'll be just more around the racing side of things.
1: I know that you have got uh, you have got a feeling that you, there's more in you. You're not ready to hang up the helmet yet.
3: No, no, no. No, I love racing and, um, you know, I think it's, it's, um, I'm 46 at the moment and, you know, I think I can do it for sure you know, three, four more years at the level that I'm doing it and, you know, given young guys a bit of a hard time and, you know, I'll reassess it then. I, I don't think it's something, it's not, not something you can walk away from unless you're, Yeah, you know, that's got to be your own decision, not not somebody else's. And, uh, yeah, it's not my decision, so um, I'll keep on racing.
1: If we can talk about your racing career and it's... Been a fascinating one, you've raced in a number of different divisions and been successful at them. Uh, one of only – well, Dennis is the man to uh, ask this question but, uh, or to know the, the facts, but what is it? One of three men that have won the Sprint Car and the Speed Car Australian Championship.
3: Yeah, it was done by George Patton and um, Phil March as well. So that's always been a cool cool thing. To, anytime you are getting a little bit of an elite um, – company but yeah I, I don't really look at that too much a driver. Yeah, I just we all you know, race drivers just enjoy yeah you know, I just enjoy racing. I love the competition. And um yeah you know, that that's what motivates you, not not really um historical yeah you know, that
1: is for the unanointed fan that sees sprint cars as these huge magical beasts and then see the speed cars as the poor brother, is it like that for a driver?
3: No, definitely not. Um, you know, the speed cars. I had a lot of fun the speed cars over the years and stuff. You know, a lot of the tracks are built in the '60s, and you know, sprint cars at times, depending on which racetrack, can be a little bit too big and actually make the tracks feel smaller. Where you know, the speed cars can you know, make the such feel because there's so much room on the racetrack. Um, and yeah, you know, there's just as much talent racecraft in that division as, as any other.
1: It's a different way of driving a car.
3: I don't think that, unlike sprint cars, to be honest, I mean it's only the downforce side of things is the real is the real difference. Um, but yeah, no, there's, there's definitely crossover between the two. Um, you see some people jump between the two here and there, and, and it's not it's not a not a huge leap. I think um, if you've got skill in one, you should have skill in the other.
1: Mm. Now you have raced uh, sprint cars in the outright category, but you've also raced in the uh, 360s and uh, yeah, this, won an Australian title in them. So uh, obviously it's not horsepower, it's about uh, handling.
3: Yeah, definitely. Just That was just something that had come together a few years ago towards the end of the season. There was a 360 Australian title in uh, Bunbury in Western Australia. I was living in Western Australia and a friend of mine, Luke Monty, um, has raced team, and we decided to just go, to go do that. And, um, yeah, had a great weekend and a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, generally we don't race a lot of three sixties because there is so much four ten racing and big flash and and all that. So there's only so many weekends in the season. So you have generally gotta pick what you wanna do and stick to it and yeah, but there is times where you get that, that opportunity to um, yeah, go do something really different.
1: The career, looking at all the wins, how outside of an Australian title, what's that one win that you are
3: most pleased to have had? Probably just with the timing of it, um, the classic last year. Um, just because that was that was the big one that was missing off um the resume, I guess. Um, and just been such a hard track for me. That track had just kicked my butt for so many years and um yeah, to get that win, you know, after so so long a try. And that was a big that was, you know, that was an emotional win. That was that was really cool. Um, probably the other one that stands out is the Outlaws Down Under, um, race, uh, I think it was, I 9 8, somewhere around there with, you know, the whole, the whole lot of the Outlaws here, you know, our home track in Sydney there and getting the win, you know, you know, beat the guys that you look up to and the best guys in the world, that was just, that was a cool win. because course was our parameter for me.
1: You've raced for some of the, the biggest names in Speedway car ownership in Australia, um, you know Bob Woods, the Darks in speed cars. Don't get two bigger names there than the uh, the Dark family, but then Linigan Racing, Bowen, Monty Motorsport, Crickey Motorsport. How were you able to find yourself into these teams and these opportunities?
3: Uh, I don't always think it was race result based. I think it was just. You know, I try to, um, try to be down to earth. I don't, you know, I don't, um, I don't get offside with car owners. I don't leave, generally leave anywhere on bad terms or anything. And I think other car owners see that if you, you know, if you carry yourself in the right way, um, you know, and and they like what they see on the racetrack, you know, that's it for the boxes for them. And that's what you need to be, be professional. Um, I think if you, uh, you know, leave a theme and and air your, your dirty laundry and and um, don't show any respect for what what you had um, and what what they what they gave. You know what a car owner and sponsors make uh, allowed you to do. I just think that's not not the way to go about things. Um, and I, I think I've always just stuck to that that moral side of things, and that that's part of the, what's helped me um, throughout the years.
1: Over the years, is there a big difference? In the quality of racing and the way that a race meeting is is developed, because thinking about it, you started uh, what in the late late eighties, early nineties? Yeah, late eighties, yeah. early nineties. Back in those days, we still had handicap racing.
3: Yeah, I started in Sydney, you know, Parramatta, and that was a you know handicap situation. I couldn't tell you what, what, what year it was up to but it was it seemed like was 10 years that we did that. But the tracks, um, you know, equipment is so close now as far as we've got a weight rule, we've got a tire rule, we've got a wing rule. Um, you know, back then there was there was cars that might weigh 100 pound lighter than the other car with 100 more horsepower. You, such a discrepancy in the quality of the field in equipment wise. Those days are gone now with uh, minimum weight rules and and stuff like that, tracks a lot So it's not, you can't just do what you did 20 or 30 years ago. It worked then, but it won't work. I don't believe it'll work now. Um, you know, now you've, the cars handled so well, you know, with all the shock shop technology and portion bar technology and stuff that, you know, they're, they're such a refined beast now. Well, back then they weren't refined at all, trust me. Um, so, you know, different times, call for different things. Um, you know, I think where the gains has been in the sport is teams. Um, you look at, you look at, figures roll into a base meeting now to how many semi trailers and, you know, just professionally presented base teams roll in there um, and, and their level of equipment and such is just, just you know, makes, you know, I've been in this sport my whole life, so it makes you proud to see us in Australia. I think we've closed the gap to America. We, you know, when they do come out now, they don't get it, they don't get it easy. Um, they've got to earn it over here now on our racetracks and um, I think that's pretty cool.
1: You you talk about the youngsters coming up into the sport and having mentored and, and helped them. What have you thought about this new crop of drivers? Uh, a lot of the time the older drivers say they're mad, they take too many risks and, uh, and everyone has a chuckle because that's what was said about them when they started.
3: No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Well, you got to have a crack if you want to get anywhere. Um, you, know, it's, uh, you know, I think sometimes there's a difference between stupidity and, and having a crack. Don't get me wrong, but um, you know, I think there's a lot of young kids now that come through and they've already got a background through go karts and and some other some other dirt you know dirt racing and off road stuff and that and they're and they're they've already got some racecraft before they start. They just need to adapt to you know a 900 horsepower spring car. So. That's exciting to see that still. There's, there's a lot of talent out there and it's, um, we need to keep that in our sport. We don't need to see it go all, So,
2: Rob, I, I guess of all the great victories and, and you know, you've had some mighty wins. Is there one particular victory that really stands
3: out? Yeah. I just say before, I think the classic was a big one for me just for the timing of it. And obviously the, the outlaws down under, um, I don't or somewhere around there when all the outlaws are out, everyone from America and all the best in Australia. and I thought was, that was cool to win at the at, uh, at home track.
2: Your, your great years in midget racing were, were very beneficial for you, Rob. And, of course, karting. Was, what, what role did karting play in, in getting into Speedway? I mean, it's a great stepping stone these days for young
3: drivers. Yeah, look, it's not a lot of crossover as far as equipment. You know, I think it's just the racecraft side of things where you get used to running close to other cars and making decisions. Under pressure and, and, um, and getting your brain up to speed on, you know, making quick decisions and concentrating for long, long periods of time. I mean, obviously now these days, you know, there's a lot of the sim, you know, the sim simulators and stuff like that. that that's good for young guys now just to, just to keep their concentration for long periods of time. And I think all those things, when you go to learn how to drive a spring car or whatever it may be, those things are important to, of trying to learn all those things you've already got a couple of box of sticks so um, there's a lot of young kids now that come in they're, they're already half half armed um, you know on being hard for little races, they've just got to learn, learn the discipline of strength
1: have you got a, f- a favourite or a, it might not be a favourite competitor but a competitor that you always knew that you were going to have to bring your A game every time you saw them on the track
3: uh, look, I've been pretty lucky just through the, the timeline I've ever raced um, you yeah, know, always been a Max Dumsey fan. Um, Max is just such a, a good, clean racer that looked like he was never over, overreaching, overextending himself, which tried constantly felt like I was overextending myself. Um, so yeah, Max, the gentleman, good racer, you know, a legend of our sport. Um, but also obviously, Max is a little bit older than, and, yeah, you know, me and a few others. Uh, I, I got to, to grow up in that era where we all started at the same time, which was you know Gary Brady, Gary Madsen, uh, Skip Jackson, and that. So you know, I had a really good, um, good time to. It was a great time to start racing. We didn't know it at the time, but um, you race against them guys every week. Yeah, you've got to learn something.
2: When you moved into sprint car racing, Rob. Um the 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 first years were probably an adjusted period, and 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 um, not so much calling you um, uh, aggressive or anything. But how how did you refine your craft? Because you refined it well. You 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 really were very much um, a competitive driver right from the start. But you know you got better with age, so to speak. How did you adjust the first getting into sprint car racing and, and learning how to control a car at such high speed and you know, I mean it was a bit of a learning curve at at first, I, I would imagine.
3: Well look I think if you've got car speed initially, you know, even if you don't have not put an whole package to get a car you can't well, you can't engineer raw speed. That's an important part of the puzzle, I think. I think I just was too young, too wild, I was wild off the track, I was wild on the ground. Um Just took a few years to, to you know, settle down a little bit, and, you know, as I said in, in the car and out of the car, but, um, you know, I went through some things in life um, that made you grow up pretty quick, and um, I could I could have went one or two ways, and I chose to knuckle down and focus on racing, and, um, you know, it's. Yeah, you know, just, just life. Just what you go through in life to um, end up you know, on your journey.
2: Your right-hand man, Nick Speed, has been with you for for many, many years. Um, what was so special about the relationship? Uh, you bounced
3: off each other really well. Uh, just competitive people. Both competitive. Both wanting to get to the same result. So that was the main focus there.
2: Does uh, does Nick? The figure into the future, Rob.
3: Uh, whatever your plans may be. Uh, no, he's with the team. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm not with the team, and he is. So, um, yeah, I guess the answer would be to know to that. Yeah. You. Um, you had some
2: very good success in America, and um, um, I guess looking back on your career, do you do you have any feelings that you know you wish? You'd gone to America a bit earlier in your career because um, you were able to really come to grips, particularly in California, and um, some really
3: significant events that you contested. Um, yeah, look, to be honest, not really. Um, you know, I love Australia, I love living in Australia. I don't, you know, I didn't, um, I take my hat off because I carry and Brooks that have, you know, really dedicated themselves to moving over there and in their dreams, I think that's, that's way cool and, and so good that they've, they've cleared a pathway for so many Australian kids to go over there and race. But for me, yeah, I didn't, I, I like having the off season. I like that before how I how a charge for batteries and come back and, and be really hungry. I think some guys, they race all year round. They get a bit, bit flat. Um, they get better at it, but they don't, you know, I've always just enjoyed racing and that, I don't want to stop enjoying it and where it becomes just the, just the job. Um, I think it's just way too special what we do to end up thinking that way. Um, so, yeah, I've always just liked to, just you know, if we go over, we just go for a month or a couple of weeks and do a bit of race and have a bit of fun and um, come back and get ready for the season. That's just what seems to work for me. So that's, that's how I've always done about it.
2: You know what, Rob, uh, from a personal viewpoint, as I say, I've known you for many years and, and quite often I, um, I drive over to do for the benefit of our interstate listeners, uh, Rob used to live in a, a suburb called Reesby. And uh, I often drive down around that way, Rob, and drive past the house. And the first thing I remember is, is the years that, that Danny
3: Smith was uh, with your team. And that, that were great years, uh, Rob. Yeah, look, he's a great guy. i talk to Danny now when I can. And, um, you know, he's actually still racing over there in America and built good. And, um, yeah, look, as a, and said 13, 14-year-old kid, you've got Danny Smith in your backyard, you know, um, mucking around with him. And, you know, he's he just a cook at. And, um, yeah, I was privileged to have that through my, my childhood.
1: Finally, Rob. I just is, gonna, oh, sorry,
2: Dennis, you go. I'm just, I just going to say, what, what impression did that make on you, Rob? Because, obviously, you, you always wanted to get into sprint car racing. So that that must have been a great boost for for someone in your early teens to have someone like Danny Smith who was riding high with the World of Outlaws in those days too. So so that was a massive boost, a morale boost I guess for you looking to go into sprint car
3: racing at a later date. Yeah, he I think you, know, you pick things up off people throughout your life and I, I think you know Danny just showed me that you can you know just you don't have to believe your own press. There's nothing wrong with being down to earth and, and, and humble and just enjoying what you're doing. You don't have to um, let any go to your head because he certainly didn't. Um, so that's been a – yeah, as I said, you picked something up off everyone, So that's um, probably one thing I picked up off him. I
2: just want to say one thing, Rob, and, and this is a, a testimony of of your professionalism in the sport. Um, whenever I've needed to write an article and and last year I did a major profile story on your Oval Express magazine, Um, you're always there, you're always cooperative, always available to chat Uh, whenever I wanted to check the article, do something, get a couple more quotes, fill the article, do whatever I had to do. Rob, I just want to thank you for for how you've helped me over the years. With anything I've ever needed in an article, you've always been there on the other end of the phone when I needed the story. And I think for the listeners, this bloke is a real professional, and I wish you well in the future, Rob. I really mean that, and I hope you yeah, have thanks. continued success for many years to come.
3: Yeah, thank you, Dennis, for both both being out this long time, and and um, you know it's a two way street. Everyone needs, you know, we need we need um, we need to get a sport out there with both other sports, so it's, it's quite easy to talk about and um, and help promote it.
1: Well, Robbie, it's a, a pleasure to have you on Inside Speedway. It sounds like uh, because of this extended off-season, you'll have a bit more time to consider the options that are hopefully coming your way. But I have to ask, you've driven for a lot of good owners, top quality owners. Will there ever be Robbie Farr, the sprint car or Speedway team owner in the future? Uh,
3: look, you never know. Um... No, I'd like to, or even after a finish race, I'd like to stay involved in the sport. It's the sport, you know, you spend your whole life in. So, um, who knows? Who knows what the future holds? I and mean, then that goes to the short-term future and the long-term future. So, um, look, I mean, I'm actually excited to, um, start the season a little bit later, um, uh, and really consider what, what's in front of me now. With everything that's going on, I'm, I'm going to use the time wisely to, to, um, choose hopefully the right decision, um, for me. And uh, and, get big and be completely motivated and ready to hit the track in
0: October.
1: Well, thanks for your time here today on Inside Speedway. Thanks for
3: having me, guys.
0: Inside Speedway is brought to you by P1 Australia and by Speedway Classics Magazine on sale now.
1: Well, Dennis, fantastic to catch up with Robbie Farr there, and we're looking forward to uh, seeing what comes about for him in 2020
2: 21. Yeah, and I do apologise too. We had a couple of problems here with my phone line during that interview and uh, it, it, it dropped out a few times, but um, uh, he had some very interesting things to say, didn't he, Craig?
1: Yeah, it does indeed. So uh, we'll look with interest and keep you updated on his progress next week. Fantastic, fantastic to have, uh, well, the outgoing Australian Sprint Car Champion, on the show and uh, we head back up north to Queensland where it's a bit warmer than it is down south
2: yeah and it's going to get a lot colder too I can <laughs> tell you Craig <laughs> but Andrew Sherman
1: joining us next week of course the Ausdeck, uh team successful in 2019 for uh, his first Australian 410 sprint car championship and we're looking forward to um, having him on the show
2: yeah, Andrew Shirley, is um, as far as Australian and particularly Queensland sprint car racing concern, um, uh, one of the really experienced campaigners, I think something like 26 years he's been, been driving sprint cars and, 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 a, and a very successful competitor right up there at the top echelon in Queensland. And I guess when you look at uh, drivers who have been competing in this sport for a long time and riders for that matter. Uh, to to see them get to national title status is, is a great to, a credit to him and and um, I've always praised Andrew Shirley. He's a, he's goes a, about his racing in a in a very professional manner. So looking forward to speaking with Andrew next week.
1: So that is coming up next week on Inside Speedway. Dennis, always a pleasure to, to catch up with you each and every week here on Inside
2: Speedway. Likewise, thanks Craig.
0: Tune in next week for. Driver's Week on Inside Speedway. Inside Speedway is produced by Thunder Media. Any reproduction, accounts, or descriptions of the program without written permission from Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Inside Speedway is brought to you by P1 Australia and by Speedway Classics Magazine. On sale now.